Hey, you're listening to Lavish Hospitality. My name is Kim. Welcome to my table. My table is actually in pretty good shape this week. If you've listened to previous episodes, I always talk about the state of my table. Thankfully, my table is my old or old dining room table that my husband had when we got married. We've been married 10 years or 12 years this fall. So I've had it refinished. I've painted it myself. Like it's just has paint all over it. So I'm about ready to paint it again. This this time, it, the only art stuff it has is if it's retaining to like stuff I can do in my Bible, like highlighters, post-it notes, stuff like that, and some charcoal pencils just because they're in a pretty container, and a Southern Living, and a water. I don't, I don't spend money on expensive water bottles. No, no fuss if you do. We all have our things. Um, I just use ball jars, like wide mouth, 32 ounce ball jars. So if I find them at thrift stores, I grab them and I have these plastic lids because I don't like the metal ones. So it just works as glass. I don't like to drink out of aluminum or metal or, um, plastic. Really? I really like to drink out of glass and it's big enough. The only problem is it doesn't fit in my car, uh, drink holder. But that's okay. I just have a cheap water bottle for for those times. And let me tell you a funny story about my water bottle recently. And you know it's really good. I had it working out, like walking around the track at my church. And I had it on this bench. And I sat down on the bench. And it was one of those, like, not hard bench. It was a cloth-covered bench. And it was right backed up to the to the railing for the stairs that go down, um, down to the first floor. And I was on the third floor. (laughs) So I sat down and my water bottle fell backwards through the railing down the stairs and like went drop, 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 like all the way down the stairs. Thankfully it only went one floor. Thankfully there was nobody walking on the stairs right at that time. I was meeting one of our campus pastors to talk about some future ministry ideas. And thankfully they, they helped. They were amazing. These, my, my, one of my campus pastors and this guy that was there, they just served so well. They cleaned it all up. They went and got towels. They got the sign saying, Hey, caution, wet floor. But it was just like, Hey, you know, (laughs) it was just a great way to start a morning. Right. But thankfully it didn't break. It still works. The lid didn't crack. The base didn't crack. I'm like, if it can fall one story and then down steps, I I think that's a pretty good water bottle, especially for like $16 at Target. So, hey, I will see if I can link it because if that sounds like a good water bottle for you, you need the water bottle. And it fits in my cup holder. So, um, we are back this week. If you didn't listen to yesterday's podcast, I would encourage you to go listen to that. But we are continuing in the book, Aging with Grace. I saw so many of you have listened to this, and I'm so excited about that. I'm glad that it resonated with you. And if you have not gotten this book, it's really called Aging with Grace, Flourishing in an Anti-Aging Culture. It is by Sharon Betters and Susan Hunt. 
It is published by Crossway. Um, I would say a lot of the books on on my shelf, especially in the last 15 years, are Crossway books. I love Crossway. I love what they put out. So if you're looking for a good publisher where you can trust the books that they put out, head to Crossway. And this is in no way sponsored by Crossway. Oh, and I see this is also done through the ministry of Revive Our Hearts, which is Nancy DeMoss Wogelmuth's ministry, which I've loved for years. Um, so anyway, I thought I would go on to chapter two. We did chapter one. If you have not listened to that, I will link that in the show notes so you can go listen to chapter one. Basically, what I do is I read the chapter and I look at what I highlight and what it makes me think about, and then I come up with a few points, three to five points, because I don't want to make these terribly long, of points that will help you think or apply or just, hey, i got to go grab that book or I want to think more about this subject. So here we go. And you don't have to be aging. I'm doing like uh, bunny ears over here. You don't have to be aging to get a lot from this book. Um, I am 46. Um, as as I told my son the other day, I'm 46 and three quarters. So, and that was like last week. So you don't have to be in your 70s or 80s to read a book on aging. I would, just like we do for married couples, I would say read a book on marriage before you get married. So read a book on aging before you're getting on up there. So anyway, here we go. So this is chapter two. And what the authors, Susan and Sharon, do is kind of go back and forth between prose and just talking about aging, talking about a topic, and then countering that with a woman from scripture who ages well, or is seen as someone who is aged and, um, that we can learn from. So this chapter is Anna and Anna is found in Luke 25 to 25 through 38. She's found in the story of Jesus's birth and, um, the beginning of his life here on earth. So you can go read that again. It's Luke 2, 25 through 38. Uh, you can read that and you'll know a little bit about the background, but the the topics that I'm going to cover don't really have anything to do with Anna per se. Like you can um, get something from this without knowing the story of Anna, but it would just, I would encourage you to go read it because it's God's word and it's applicable to our lives. But um, point one, or my question to you that came up to me is what is one thing we can do to help the aging feel seen and known? So why, why I, thought about that is the first sentence of chapter two is a pastor once asked an elderly childless widow, what can I do for you? Her simple response, don't forget me. And that is really just poignant to me because uh, my husband and I, my husband is a uh, is a piano salesman for Steinway here in town for a piano dealer here in town. But he also has done ministry for 25 years now and does um, one of the services at our church. He leads worship for one of the services. And I would say 60% of the two services that he leads on any given Sunday is filled with people who are over the age of 60. And, 
So often, I think if somebody would just listen to them and sit with them and take them a meal, write them a note, um, talk to them on Sunday morning and help them to feel seen and known and not dismissed. A lot of times what they think is dismissed, especially, I mean, this goes for, for any contemporary church. A lot of times the older people might not feel like their opinion is welcomed or or they might feel just not important because they're not cool and young and 25 and, and look great on social media. So I would, I would say just listen to them. Don't forget me. I loved those, those three words that that lady said. So what can we do, um, no matter what age we are, what can we do to help the aged feel seen and known? So I would love to hear, um, what, what that would, what that would look like for you. And if you want to shoot me a message or leave a comment on the show notes and just tell me, give me some ideas because I would love to share them with other people um, in one of the future episodes. Um, Point number two, and um, I love this. And this is how, if you read Anna's story in Luke two, you can get more from this question, but I love how God uses the aged in Jesus's story. Um, and this is on page 46 of the book. If you've got the physical book or um, at near the first minute or two, if you're listening by audio. Um, it says, other than Mary and Joseph, only four individuals, Israelite names are connected to the miraculous birth of Jesus. At least three, possibly all four, are elderly. Old Zechariah and Elizabeth experienced their own miracle in the birth of John, Jesus' cousin. After the birth of Jesus, when Mary and Joseph take him to the temple at the time of purification, God lovingly encourages them through Simeon. His age is not certain, but the context implies he is older. And Anna, who is 84. Their age did not stop them from hoping in the promise of the Messiah or from glorifying him as they waited. God's choice of including elderly people in the narrative underscores his perspective on aging. And I love that. Um, God will use you. Are you available to God? Are you, are you just making yourself like, hey, God, do something in me, do something through me, no matter if culture says to you, Hey, you're over a certain age. We really don't care about you. And you know what? That happens in our churches too. So this is not like, Oh, this doesn't happen among Christians. It only happens in our, in our pop culture. And that is not the case, sadly. Um, okay. Next point. Um, let me get to page 50. Page 50 says, um, it says Anna was in the temple and she basically was saying, don't forget me. Give me hope that you will keep your promise. Give me the comfort of your presence. And especially in times of doubt and fear, which I don't know about you, but I live in what if land. Um, I live there. That's automatically where my brain goes most of the time. 
Um, whether it's an upcoming doctor's appointment or something I see in my home that possibly may be harmful or um, I don't get a call right away from something. So I go, what if, da, 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 and I'm like, oh. my husband's like, get out of what if land, get out of what if land, man, maybe I need to write a book about that. Ha, I'm kidding. I'm still learning that. Um, but Anna's like, don't forget me. Give me hope that you will keep your promise. Our hope in God is to a God who keeps his promise faithfully. He will not go back on his promise. And that is something that I am learning to love about God. And usually it is a place of deep faith that I have to believe that God keeps his promises. Because oftentimes my mind will go, what if he doesn't? What if blank? What if blank? And I have to fill myself, fill it in with what if blank? Well, God is still going to do this. God is this. God is who he says he will be. Um, The next one is um, choosing worship, even among the tears and My husband often says he is glad that he is not married to an emotionless blob because I am definitely not that. Um, Oftentimes, singing the songs that my husband chooses to pick for worship, some of the deeper, indelible grace, sovereign grace, Gettys, um, hymns, some really rich, older hymns, man, I will just, I'll have to stop singing. Like I won't be able to sing because I'm just crying. But um, choosing, um, Sharon says, worship in response to the suffering in her life prepared Anna to see Jesus when others did not. She knew him. Choosing worship with tears streaming down her cheeks cultivated that seed of hope and it grew into a flourishing, fruit-bearing elderly woman. That right there is the type of elderly woman that I want to be. I want to be a flourishing, fruit-bearing, elderly woman. I hope that that is the desire of your heart. No matter how many years you are till you get to, quote, elderly age, um, I want to be that now. I want to be a flourishing, fruit-bearing, 46-year-old. I want to be a flourishing, fruit-bearing mom of tween boys. Like, I want to be a flourishing, fruit-bearing wife to Eric. I want to be a flourishing, fruit-bearing friend in deep community to friends. I want to be a flourishing, fruit-bearing friend to people. Just gatherer, connector. I want to build those friendships, the, uh, the ones that flourish and bear fruit. Okay, um, last one is on page 54, if you're reading. Um, if not, I'm, if you don't have the book, I'm trying to give you a, an idea of the book. So maybe you'll be interested in buying it. Um, I love how Sharon says that. Says this, the Bible is my authority for faith and life, including how I view aging. And I need to write this quote and put it somewhere where I can read it on a daily basis and see it on a daily basis. 
Um, she she says that I often struggle to make a biblical worldview my first response. And I was sharing that with someone today in a Marco. I was like, I would just do this. I'm like, that is really not a biblical response. It's a feeling response. It's something that is like first. And I want, man, I want that first response not to be anger or harshness or self-justification or anything. I want it or hurt. I want it to be what is the biblical response to this situation. So just that little quote for you. The Bible is my authority for faith and life, including how I view aging. And that includes how you view aging for yourself, like how you feel about wrinkles and getting older and your body not looking like it did when it was 20 or um, anything like that. Like how your body may not be able to take certain foods or your eyes aren't as good as your hair turning gray, all these things. Um, But it also goes to how you view aging in other people. Um, When my mom died, I learned there was no dignity in death whatsoever. Um, But it was just such a treasure to sit with her as she passed away. One that I will always remember and rehearse probably. But also I've got to learn that I need to, I need to be able to do that for other people because some people I think my mom told me one of the things she said was, um, I was like just running my fingers through her hair, getting some knots out. And she's like, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to love your daughters in law. So, so they can do this for you because that's, who's going to do it. And I'm really hoping that that means that I'll live long enough to, (laughs) to see my boys get married. That would be a joy. Um, but just to be able to have that attitude of love and service and compassion on the aged. So, um, that is it for this week. I'm going to link, I'm going to link the book in the show notes, but also I'm going to type out those quotes that you can just see the ones I, um, shared and then, um, come back next week. We're going to talk about chapter three and you'll see that there's another podcast uh, later this week as well. So thanks for listening and I will talk to you later.